The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Variety Channel. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericavariety.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. The following program is for informational and educational purposes only. This program does not replace medical, mental health, or psychological diagnosis and treatment prescribed by your personal physician, psychologist, therapist, or other health care provider. Please consult your provider for diagnosis and care before beginning or changing any program or idea discussed. Welcome to Psych Up Live with your host, Dr. Suzanne Phillips. If you're experiencing life, and we know you are, you may have a variety of questions about relationships, family issues, personal goals, coping with the unexpected, and much more. Today, you will hear some answers from a psychological perspective, and you may just take away something that fits. Here is Dr. Suzanne Phillips. Welcome, I'm Suzanne Phillips, and thank you for joining me on Psych Up Live. A number of months ago, I read about a powerful program conducted by the global organization Narrative 4 and New York Magazine. They used the story exchange to foster radical empathy between gun advocates and victims of gun violence. What I read was so powerful and I felt so important, I wanted others to hear about it. I wondered if Narrative 4 would come to Psych Up Live. Well, they are here. My guests today are Colin McCann and Lisa Consiglio. They're the co-founders of this nonprofit Global Story Exchange organization. Colin McCann is the author of six novels and three collections of stories. He is born and raised in Dublin, Ireland, and has been the recipient of many international honors, including the National Book Award, the 2010 Best Foreign Novel Award in China, an Oscar nomination. His work has been published in 35 languages. And in addition to being the co-founder of Narrative 4, he teaches in the Masters of Fine Arts program at Hunter College. Lisa Consiglio is executive director and co-founder of Narrative 4. She has applied her leadership skills to a wide web of organizations that are connected by a dedication to humanistic ideals. Her experience spans from the arts to cancer research to honoring World War II vets. Her deep commitment in the belief of stories brings her to be one of the leaders of the Aspen Institute's literary program, and she's really expanded that to be worldwide. I want you to know that Narrative 4, which is partnered at times with Yale, has been sponsored by many well-known sources. The Bezos Family Foundation, they've been sponsored by Esquire, Amazon, HBO, Sting, and those are but a few of the many that recognize the importance of this organization. Colin McCann and Lisa Consiglio, it is my pleasure to welcome you to Psych Up Live. Thank you so, Thank you much. so much. Oh, you're very, very honored welcome. to be here. 
Thank you. So let me ask you, Colm, what is Narrative 4 and what inspired it? Well, Narrative 4 is a global story exchange uh, organization where we try to get young people in particular from all around the world to step into one another's shoes. So you tell my story, I tell yours. You expand your world, I expand mine. We recognize each other, whether it be across the classroom, across the fence, across the city, across the continent, in fact. We're trying to bring young people together through the value and the beauty and the power of storytelling so that uh, when they go out into the world, the world is a bigger place for them. And I I say often that, that what Narrative 4 wants to do is to break down stereotypes and expand the lungs of the world and recognize what a a, a marvelous thing that we have uh, when we are able to tell our own stories, but even more marvelous when we're able to tell the story of someone else, sometimes that person being wildly different to you. Mm. Now, was there something, Calm, in your work, in your writing, that made you decide, wait a minute, I'd like to see if storytelling could create exchange and empathy. Was there a tipping point that made this all happen? There was a tipping point. I mean, I've been writing for, for uh, professionally for about 25 years. And then Lisa, um, she brought a number of artists out to um, Aspen, Colorado to explore this notion of radical empathy, to explore really what it is that we could do through storytelling. And it was her idea that we would do it so much better if we were able to step into one another's shoes. She brought us out there um, a number of artists from all over the world, um, including Terry Tempest Williams, Toby Wolf, uh, Rob Spillman, um, Asaf Gavron, Ishmael Bea, so many others, and we sat for five days and we contemplated what stories do to the soul, what they do to the heart, but also what they, they can do to communities. And at the end of those, those five, five days, we came away with a model uh, which has now become uh, Narrative 4, uh, and we are positioned really all over the world uh, but in, in several different places, we're very strong, including in Ireland, in South Africa, uh, in the West Bank, in Israel, in, on the south side of Chicago, in Mexico, in Kentucky, in New York, uh, and, and really all over, all over the United States. And these young people are uh, connecting with one another in a profound way that goes so much further and beyond you know, the, the, the couple of inches in an iPhone. It's not mm. about an iPhone exchange. It's about looking someone in the eye and saying, guess what, you matter. Mm. And their story matters. And so it was Lisa, really, who had the vision and brought the vision and, and has cemented it all together. I see. It's so emotionally um, exciting to hear it because as someone who does trauma work, we know that telling the story is so important in recovering the idea though of having the listener and the storyteller 
both exchange places really, I can imagine, would enhance the empathic attunement and the experience. Lisa, I wonder if you could share, could you give us an example? We started out with the young people, um, Colin mentions, literally throughout the world. Could you give us an example of what you of applying this in one of the cases between young people so our listeners could get a specific feel for it? Oh, gosh, uh, so much. Sure, so many examples. Um, well, I, I will just step back very quickly and say that the, the idea started in 2007 when, as Colin mentioned, I was running a, a literary organization in Colorado, and at the time, you mentioned the Bezos Family Foundation. It was actually Jackie Bezos who gets full credit for this, too, because she came to me and said, I've been watching this story exchange idea that you had, and I wonder if you would be willing to take it to Port-au-Prince and um, New Orleans and have kids uh, five weeks after the earthquake in uh, Haiti, exchange stories based on, on the obvious common denominator of natural disaster. And I said, absolutely. So we were there um, immediately, and it, it was a virtual. You can imagine the devastation that was in, in Port-au-Prince, and we were using satellites belonging to CNN for the virtual exchange. But what came out of that after 10 days of being in the field in the Ninth Ward in New Orleans, um, at five years after Katrina, and and, and Port-au-Prince was something so profound. These kids had never met each other. They became permanent best friends, like family members. We did a 22-minute documentary on it, and it was mind-blowing. It really was. It was something where we knew we just had to continue the work and make it more strategic, more sustainable, more safe, um, because we were dealing, as you mentioned, with trauma. Um, and so we, we started to look at, at different geographies, geographic areas. We found ourselves in Israel the following year, um, connecting kids who were kind of natural-born enemies 20 miles apart in Haifa and, and Nazareth, and again came away with this feeling of why do we hate each other, why they were best friends immediately. And I suppose uh, I could go on and on with, with where we were conducting this all over the world, but really what came out of it was in 2012, these authors and activists that the column mentioned came together, experienced it themselves, and realized that we had the potential to create new narratives or contemplate narratives of individual social and political meaning with students and educators at the helm. And um, it's just been an unbelievable journey um, and very quick and so needed. As, as Colin mentioned, it's not just about the iPhone. It's about the impact of, of owning one another's stories and appreciating the voice, the life, the actions that follow. Um, and we've seen it time and time again around the world that these kids want it so badly. They are hungry, hungry for empathy and deep, deep connection that media sometimes can't offer very well. Mm. Now, now, Lisa, how do you actually set the stage with a group of children in New Orleans and, and describe to them that they're going to be pairing with and exchanging stories with children in Haiti? What is it that you actually say? Does it start out in a group? Um, and, Colin, please jump in also. Sure. Sure, I'll start and hand it uh, over it over to Colin. We've learned a lot since that that ex- first global exchange or the first um, international, I suppose, exchange um, in 2010. We didn't. We don't. This is, I think, in my opinion, we tend to overcomplicate things. This is an incredibly simple idea, and in fact, a lot of people don't believe it until they actually go through it. And Colin can elaborate on that in just a minute. But 
we don't we don't set them up for anything. Yes, we'll do icebreakers in the field, in the classrooms, let them get to know each other them, themselves, the groups, before connecting them with another group. Um, these are there are lessons in history and politics, geography, and so on that can come in the, in the aftermath. But really, the idea is to kind of almost go into it. When I say cold, I, I don't mean that in a harsh way, but I mean in just a it's an exploration of the other. And you feel the more you prep. This can be a story that you tell about anything, any facet of your life. It can be about love, anger, anything, you know, um, the first kiss, um, something devastating. And so we find that the less we prep kids in advance, the better off we are. However, in an effort to create a very safe space where these participants can take the risks that we want them to take, we do now... Uh, make sure it's a, it is a requirement that the very first exchange be in person in the classroom. That empathy is developed better when you are able to look a person in the eye for the first exchange. And then the sky's the limit. Uh, virtual technology you can go all over the world, and they these kids just peer to peer learning. It's almost a revolution mm-hmm. in education. They they learn so much from each other. They mm-hmm. just want to dive deeper and deeper and deeper. Colin, I don't know if you want to. Yeah, one, uh, one of the things that, 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 that happened to me was, um, so I wrote a novel called um, Let the Great World Spin, and um, a teacher in um, Newtown, Connecticut, uh, wrote to me, his name was Lee Keelock, and he said, um, we would love for you to come to talk to the kids who had experienced the terrible tragedy um, at, um, at, at, at Sandy Hook, um, and we wanted to sort of negotiate their experience of grief uh, through through literature, and um, I went up. I was profoundly affected by this invitation, uh, and I went up to to, to to talk to them, and and realized um, that 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 I was listening to them even more than I was I, I was talking to them. And I t- I chatted with Lee about narrative four. Um, and he instituted the program. Now, there were lots of good things happening in Newtown for people for that trauma. There were therapy dogs. There were counseling sessions. There were trips. But one of the things they found most profound was the idea of stepping into somebody else's shoes, sharing your grief, but then also recognizing somebody else's grief, the power of sharing that grief. And um, Lee ran the program and now has become our global programs um, director because he felt that it was one of the most powerful tools where he could get his kids together in the classroom and they could talk to one another. But then they went out and talked to schools in New Haven. And then those kids in New Haven talked to other schools in New York and so on. And this thing, this thing that is as simple as a story actually becomes wonderfully viral in a way. And so mm. now that we have, we have kids in, um, in Washington, D.C., who, who went through the experience in, 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 in Newtown, Connecticut, who are using stories to, um, to change the world and to change the, 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 the political landscape uh, in all sorts of ways. So I do believe that this thing has a, 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 a knock-on power and effect that's really quite well, tremendous. Well, one of the things when you think about it and you talk about trauma is the impact of trauma often brings a sense of isolation, of I'm alone with this. And so I love the idea that you started with them in the here and now right there in Newtown. And because three people could experience it different, so they first felt each other. And then, if I'm following this correctly, then they reached out to exchange stories 
with New Haven, and it, I'm, I agree, it goes viral in some way, and it really allows people to note the similarities with others rather than the contention or the differences. Exactly. I mean, um, this is one of the things that, 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 that is most profoundly Im- Im- impactful, that when a, a, you know, a kid on the south side of Chicago uh, exchanges a story uh, with a kid from um, you know, Swain County in, 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 in North Carolina, which is two places where we have uh, very significant programs, um, they think that they're so different from one another. They, they're coming from different cultural backgrounds. One is urban, one is rural. You know, one votes blue, maybe one votes red, and, 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 and they're completely different. And then they get together and they look across this, this gulf of, of, of storytelling, and suddenly it becomes a bridge. And, and, and what happens is that they, they realize exactly as you said, my gosh, we're not as different as we, we thought we were. We're not as profoundly you know, opposed to each other as we might have thought we were. We, we have things in common. And when you realize that you have things in common, it's quite possible then to save things, to rescue things, to, cause, um, to, to, to bring about action and, 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 uh, on, on the ground, which is something that we're very interested in as well. Mm. Have you found that <clears throat> children do this easier than adults, or you haven't found a difference? What have you noticed in terms of children as compared to adults? Well, I mean, uh, I'd like to hear Lisa talk about this, but I would say that, yes, the children have it um, slightly easier in terms of the process. Sometimes they don't feel that they have the stories to tell. But one of the great things that I've discovered about life long after taking a bicycle trip across the United States 30 years ago, is that everybody has a story. And everybody yes. has a deep need to tell that story. What's really profound is when everybody starts listening to someone else's story. Lisa? That, that's so well said. <laughs> yeah, no, it is well said. And I think that uh, to, to um, just, to, I will, I agree with Colin. A couple of things. Um, Lisa, I'll, is, just te- I'll just tell you we're going to have a break very soon. So start us off and then we'll pick it up at the other side of the break. Sure, sure. I was just going to say I agree with him about the students. Time and again, Lee Keelock, as Colin mentioned, our director of global programs, we've heard from kids who and students in the schools, there will be a select group of, of teachers who will ask different questions. And they'll ask to a panel of students. And the, the students will just look at them and say, you're you're thinking like a teacher. You're not thinking like a student. We don't have these limitations. We don't have these silos. We're open to everything. Um, you know, the, the, uh, time and again, I've heard teachers say to me, I'm really nervous about this. I'm really nervous about this. I don't know if I can do this with my kids. I, I feel like I'm, you know, putting them out there. And it's, it ends up being the students who they come to the teachers and say, we've got this. We're, we, we want this. <laughs> yeah. We want yeah. to do it. So time and again, it's the students who are talking people, the adults off the ledge sometimes. And then, you know, obviously the teachers are modeling it and they're going in there and they're doing their own exchange and they're diving really deeply. Um, and so the kids are learning from them as well. So it's, it's, it's definitely a two-way street. Um, well, it, but it, yeah. It really underscores when we say that we are storytelling animals And maybe it's the best of us, because that's what I'm hearing both of you share. We're going to take a brief break. You've been listening to Psych Up Live. We're speaking with award-winning author Colin McCain and executive director Lisa Consiglio. They are the the co-founders of a powerful global story exchange organization, Narrative 4. 
Stay with us. We'll be right back. Streaming live, the leader in Internet talk radio, voiceamerica.com. What defines your success? Is it success in your business? Success in your personal life? Is it more money? Is it meaningful relationships? How about your passion? Listen for Taking Care of Business with host David Wallach. David's guests share their challenges and what they did to overcome them. What if you can let your passion for success lead you to your success? Taking Care of Business is broadcast live every Tuesday at 7 a.m. Pacific Time and 10 a.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. Have you found the beauty inside of you? Join Bonnie Bonadeo each week for Beauty Inside and Out. We'll explain how beauty plays a part in everybody's lives. Our guests are makeup artists, hairdressers, and doctors. But we'll also feature holistic and wellness specialists and spiritual advisors. You can find that beauty inside and express it to its fullest on the outside. Tune in to Beauty Inside and Out every Thursday at 2 p.m. Pacific Time, 5 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. Second Wind Success, hosted by Gene Garino, is all about helping boomers catch their second wind in business and life. Most of us achieve our greatest success after the age of 50. Life has a learning curve with a few stumbling blocks along the way. As long as you stay committed to your vision and adapt along the way, you'll find the success you're looking for. Tune in to Second Wind Success every Wednesday at noon Pacific Time, 3 p.m. Eastern Time on Voice America Variety. Ask the experts. Call toll-free right now, 1-866-472-5787. Hello? And ask our all-star team to answer your questions. That's 1-866-472-5787. Thank you for calling. VoiceAmerica.com. Listening to Psych Up Live. Join in our conversation today by calling Dr. Suzanne Phillips or her guest at 1 866 472 5788. That's 1 866 472 5788. You may also send an email to radiohostphillips at gmail.com. Now back to Psych Up Live. Welcome back. We're here with winning author Colin McCann and executive director Lisa Consiglio. They're the co-founders of Narrative 4. And Lisa and Colin, from what you're telling me, this, the power of the story exchange as a program that bridges people, the best of them, the similarities, pain they've shared, has so taken off that the calls are nonstop. So, Colm, I wanted to ask you, at this point, would you say more people are asking you to address trauma, and I know one of your new initiatives has to do with bridging, you know, differences. Where do you see that people are wanting you to respond? Yeah, it's it's really fascinating. I mean, uh, the, the, the one thing about Narrative 4 is that we... Um, because we're, we're dealing with this elastic notion um, of story, we can actually do stories about just about anything at all. And, and, and so there, there, there's a great sort of muscularity to the range of topics 
that, 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 that we can have. One of the things that we learned, and we've been doing this now for, for, for a, a number of years, we learned that stories, um, you know, create empathy, and, 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 and we know that, that we can increase the, the levels of empathy uh, amongst people. What we're really interested in now is turning that empathy into action on the ground so that if we get people together for a gun awareness debate and suddenly they, 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 they look at the world slightly differently because they've looked at the world through somebody else's eyes, they might go back and change uh, something about their own relationship to what happened in the gun debate. We did that through the New York Magazine, and on, on a very short um, level, I will tell you that, that there is a gentleman who's become a hero of mine, a guy by the name of Todd Underwood, um, mm-hmm. who uh, participated in our gun awareness um, exchange with Carolyn Tuft, another hero of mine. He was a, uh, uh, an activist for guns, and he had an online site uh, where he sold guns. She had been a victim of a terrible uh, incident in, in Utah, the trolley uh, mall uh, massacre. They stepped into one another's shoes. Todd became Carolyn, and Carolyn became Todd. And in the most incredible way, um, they both went back into their communities and said, we need to start listening to one another better. And Todd even changed the rules of his online um, admission process to his website so that you could no longer have fully anonymous uh, access to the website. A really extraordinary uh, 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 example of how stories can really change our lives no matter how big nor small they happen to be Mm, that was very very moving and it's actually what prompted me to uh, contact lisa let me ask you lisa how did these folks because in some ways and that's we start with those who will risk it did they self-select to come into your story exchange gun awareness narrative did somehow you put out a call to this, or was was one of your participants actually the person who prompted the program? Uh, I, the, the, well, I'll back up. The program, uh, because of the association with Newtown, as Colin mentioned earlier, and the community, the Sandy Hill community and so forth, um, actually the chair of our Youth Advisory Committee comes from that, that area. And so we'd all long kind of been interested in possibly doing something, knowing that that the issue was so deep and so hot and so tough. Lauren Kern, who is the executive editor of New York Magazine, um, came to me with an idea at the same time I was talking to Sarah Clements, the the youth advisor I just mentioned. So the planet's sort of aligned. But I will just say very quickly that Lisa Miller, who who's, did a great job on the article, she's a journalist who wrote the piece, and Lauren and their team, they were the ones that were sort of with along. We had so many contacts in, in neighborhoods all over the country that we felt would be perfect for this. And they actually balanced it. They helped to balance it very, very well. Lisa and Lauren would both laugh, um, and I hope they are listening um, to, to hear me say that we had some evenings where we, Lee and I wrote, I mean, we got pretty down and dirty because our number one, um, you know, our number one objective was to make sure we were creating the safest possible environment for these people to not debate, but to have, to, to step into one another's shoes, not to change minds, but just to understand the other and what it might be like 
to be a disabled person, female, who is three times more likely to be sexually assaulted if she doesn't, you know, so she carries a weapon. The list goes on and on, but they were very much a, par- a full-on partner in this, and we came out the other side wanting to do more together. So I have to say that it, I, th- I would say that it was 50-50 in terms of choosing the participants. We did not pull out, put out a call at all. It was very well thought out um, because we felt as though the various points along the spectrum must be represented in order for this to be a success because our, another one key objective of Narrative Force was to show the neutrality of the organization. We, cannot, we don't have opinions on this. If we do, we fail. And I think that's why we're so successful. Um, can okay. I just add in, sorry, Suzanne, in, in, in relation to that, you know, um, the, the heroes of this, of this country of ours happen to be teachers, uh, as far as I'm concerned. Um, and it's so much of what we do is related. It, you know, the structure of the organization is there's a lot of writers on, in the forefront, but really we are linked with teachers, and the teachers are the ones who introduce us to the, to the students and, and, and they know the full uh, variety of experience that uh, people in, the, in this country go through. And so, in many ways, the teachers are on the front line of experience uh, in all sorts of ways. And so, they, they, they are, 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 you know, they, they exercise their, um, their democratic intent by, by actually, you know, coming to us and saying, we want our kids to share stories, and we want these people to share stories, and that's what's wonderful about the whole process. Well, it seemed as I, the more I read about Narrative 4, is that the fact that you had different groups that were using this, as you say, and I want us to say, because we have teachers listening, that when you go in, you you even have your programs compliant with Common Core, and, you know, I was so impressed to see how you've integrated the story exchange and um, the, the way the teachers can use this and use it story exchange to even enhance their curriculum seemed wonderful to me. Um, as a psychologist, when I read about, and I, I invite listeners to see your documentary on empathy in action, radical empathy, the gun exchange, it, I was struck by the fact, it was reassuring to me that it started in a large group and it ended in a large group. And there were certainly some of your folks that had some difficulty with what was shared, which is inevitable in group. But um, it seemed to me we're also making use of that large group as a kind of holding environment for those who were going to share these radically different experiences about guns. And I guess it could be, Column, as you say, at one point, you'd love it to be between Border Patrol, police, and immigrants, and CEOs, and employees. I mean, so my question to you, just to go back to the um, gun exchange, because that's, I I appreciate when when Lisa mentioned that they were worried about psychological safety, um, how, what, what are the stages in that kind of an exchange? I wonder, the first is sharing, I wonder if you could give the stages and um, then talk a little bit about, in terms of that being your first radical empathy um, action event, did you come away from that with any lessons learned that you would do differently? Yeah, we came away with, 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 with all sorts of lessons. And one of the things that we knew uh, beforehand is that stories can be dangerous. Stories uh, have to be treated properly and with great respect. 
because um, they go across all sorts of borders and boundaries. And uh, stories can be manipulated. Stories can be changed. Uh, lies can emerge. Stories can be misinterpreted. We are open and aware of all of that. So when we bring our participants together, we create the atmosphere where they know that they are, that they are safe. They know that, 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 that this is uh, a place where uh, we can come together and look after one another. They also know that it might fail. And failure for me is actually a vivifying thing. Failure for me sometimes works in the most profoundly uh, positive way. Um, in, in our culture nowadays, we, we sort of tend to shy away from, from, from the notion of, of failure. But for me... Having tried something is really the, the, the true success. We found, having said that, that the vast majority of people had such a profoundly positive experience, even though they were talking about something that polarizes this country immediately. And that's what we wanted to go into to do, to, to apply the, 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 the story exchange to one of the thorniest, most difficult most profoundly divisive uh, de- uh, uh, ideas in our in in our culture, and see if we can find some middle ground. Mm. The very idea that people who started out the day in very different places that people would think were contentious were willing to let someone else's story so wash over them that they would embody it. To me, means that was already a win. Uh, I mean, because that just doesn't happen. Yeah. I think, too, just to add on to what Colm's saying, I, I want to acknowledge something. Um, I want to make sure that, you, that your listeners understand that this was a pilot project, a, pi- a pilot program. We had been, we worked with the participants for a while to help them understand what the exchange was all about as much as we could, what to expect. We brought in <clears throat> counselors therapists, you know, people who would be on hand. We brought in amb- narrative for ambassadors and key advisors from all over the country to be with the participants. But it was a pilot program. They were pioneers, and those participants deserve every bit of credit and thanks and acknowledgement. We never bring cameras or a journalist into a story exchange, certainly not in schools. We, um, we, we don't, it's just not something that we, we, that, as Colin mentioned, that sacred bond, that is theirs to own. But we felt so, and they did too, we felt so strongly about ha- trying to do something, uh, taking a risk and growing wings on the way down, you know, jumping off that cliff, as Colin says, and growing wings on the way down, because it didn't seem like a lo- any movement was taking place on any of these intractable issues, as you mentioned mm-hmm. before, Suzanne. So, mm-hmm. yeah, I think I would agree with everything. And, and it is so rare that we will go in. We did, did something on immigration um, last week, and, and we did go in with a prompt that was more themed and specific. Um, but, I, again, I just want to acknowledge the participants who w- were willing to come together and in some cases would never be, even think about being in the same room because of, of this particular issue. And they not only were in the same room, they inhabited one another's stories and lives, and that's pretty special. Well, to visually see people who are so different crying in just hearing the other's story and barely being able to contain themselves as they shared the other's story as if they were the other person is just unbelievably moving. Um, Mm. 
I'm excited to hear, and your pilot is taking off, so where else, you mentioned the immigration, did you actually do that program, um, Lisa? Did you carry out a program with that? We did. We were very fortunate to have received a grant from the Open Society Foundation, um, and we had already planned on doing something. This is in Minnesota and the two Dakotas, um, and also it's kind of the 24 tribal nations that are um, there too, but we actually did something on immigration there. Uh, it was really powerful. It's the first of six exchanges that will occur in 2017. Um, this was a Communities Against Hate type of pilot project. Again, very much a pilot project. Uh, uh, it, it was covered by a journalist as well. Um, but the rest of them won't be. It, 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 it's, we've got five themes right now uh, that we are exploring. One is, is, is you go from violence to faith, identity, immigration, and the environment. So it, we felt like we want to pilot something in all of, under the auspices of all of those themes or the umbrella. Um, so immigration, we, we did carry that out. But it, it, these things are not one-off. You know, we, we do continue to, as Colin said earlier, people come and walk away. Todd Underwood, as as Colin mentioned, he wants to do something in Kansas City um, on faith between Muslims and Christians in this community. And I won't go into that in too much detail, but let's just say that, again, those five themes are are very much in our target, in our our strategic planning process right now. Um, And we're using our key advisors, the people who want to build this in their communities for the long term. These things are not just something. we, We don't address, you know, hate crimes overnight or in a, in a year. You know, this is, takes a little while, and, and we're committed to a sustainable and strategic mm. solution for some of these. Well, let me ask you, Kalma, I'll go back to you for a minute. Lisa, thank you so much. I'm going to pick up right from Lisa's point. I started to wonder when Lisa was speaking just now, have you gone back to the very same participants, let's say, between Newtown and New Haven or New Orleans and Haiti, have you gone back and set up any type of follow-up of the story exchange they had a while ago to see where those storytellers are now? Absolutely. I mean, and, and, and I think that's one of the vital things uh, that we have to do is that we can't just go in to someone's world, have them tell their story, have things you know, shaken up and, and have them, you know, look at the world optimistically, and then just let it go. Stories Mm. have to be ongoing. They have to be told over and over and over again. So one of the things that we we do is that we have a summit every year where we invite key participants uh, to come back. Last year it was in Ireland. This year again we'll be in Ireland. But we've been in Yale and we've been in Chicago and we'll probably be in, you know, in... Uh, you know, all over the world in, in, in a few years where we bring people from, from various countries together to um, become ambassadors for what we do, to retell the stories, and to show that this uh, process actually works. There's a young boy in, in, in Limerick who basically, uh, when we met him a few years ago, was o- almost unable to speak. Uh, certainly, like, uh, very, very, very shy and, 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 and not really engaged with the world uh, and not wanting to be engaged with the world, some deep tra- traumatic things that had occurred in his life. If you saw him now and if you heard him stand up on stage t- saying, uh, you know, what this has done for him, what, what the value of storytelling and friendship with people from South Africa and so on, what that has done to his life, you would be amazed. It's It's... 
It's almost uh, night and day. So we have to say to these people, okay, you've gone through this process. We will support you. We will try to keep you safe. But then you've got to support other people and you've got to try and keep them safe. And in this way, we can sort of meet one another. It's an, it's, it's an idealistic sort of optimistic message. But you know what? I'm tired of cynicism um, and, 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 um, and I, I can be just as cynical as, uh, as the next person. But, but it's no great revelation that the world is dark, that the world is, is, is a difficult place. The real revelation comes from acknowledging the darkness and then somehow getting something out of it and, and, and pulling some sort of light into not only your own life, but into other people's lives. When you do something like that, then you really sort of shift the world in a good way, which is kind of what we want to do. Well, I couldn't agree more. You say it so beautifully. You're clearly a wonderful writer. Um, but Carl and Lisa, to be able to pass it forward, we see in trauma groups that the fact that I could influence someone else, even though I have suffered like your little fellow in Ireland, gives me such a sense of mastery that in and of itself is a gift that I could pass it forward. So I'm loving that you have these summits as follow-ups. And are people that you've touched or worked with in the storytelling exchange are most invited, or do people know it's a possibility that they could step back and connect again with both of you and all of the con- other leaders? Absolutely. Uh, the summit, as Colin mentioned, is an invitation uh, that, that's an, it's for our, advi- our key advisors um, around the, the globe. And anybody can become a key advisor over time. Mm-hmm. It, 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 mm. They're visionary. But we have Train the Trainer. We, we offer professional development day, days. Um, we'll, we're going to be doing more and more in the months to come and certainly the years. Uh, so there are a variety of ways to get involved with Narrative 4 and to, to uh, introduce it to the school, the community, after-school programs. Uh, and, and anybody can log on to our website at narrative4.com or um, happily reach out to um, the office here, and, or I can give you my email. Um, we, 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 we'd, we'd love to be in touch with people who, who want okay. to get involved. Okay, um, we're going to take a quick break. I know our listeners are going to want to hear more about that. Um, you've been listening to Psych Up Live, and we've been having a wonderful show with the co-founders of Narrative 4, the nonprofit global story exchange. As you've heard, they have touched people throughout the world. Um, Colin McCain and Lisa Consiglio. Stay with us. We'll be right back. The Internet's number one talk station. Number one talk station. VoiceAmerica.com Are you or someone you know interested in attending college? With both college tuition and college enrollment up 60% since 2002, there is a lot of competition, and careful planning needs to be a part of the process. Tune in to Getting In, a College Coach Conversation. Hosted by Elizabeth Heaton and featuring a team of college coach experts, we'll bring you the tips, techniques, and know-how to navigate the road to college and do so the smart way. Listen live every Thursday at 4 p.m. Eastern Time, 1 p.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. Are you finding your frequency? 
It can be described as that space between failure and success. It's the future of digital media. It's finding your voice. It's engaging topics, content, and ideas. Jeff and Ryan discuss the digital media space and all of its aspects. It's about making the mistakes, taking the chances, summoning the intestinal fortitude to step out of your comfort zone, and discovering what you can accomplish when you decide to try, decide to learn, decide that you have something to say, and find your frequency. Live Fridays at 2 p.m. Pacific Time, 5 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. You count. Tune into Interrevolutionary Radio and join the spontaneous wave of people all over the planet who, like you, are changing our world from the inside out. Follow the movement. Meet guests who are shaking things up. Call in and gain insights and courage to empower your own voice. Large or small, your part counts. So join us. Co-hosted by Beth Green and James Maynard, Interrevolutionary Radio airs live every Thursday at 3 p.m. Pacific Time, 6 p.m. Eastern on the Voice America Variety Channel. Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America. You are listening to Psych Up Live. Join in our conversation today by calling Dr. Suzanne Phillips or her guest at 1-866-472-5788. That's 1-866-472-5788. You may also send an email to radiohostphillips at gmail.com. Now back to Psych Up Live. Welcome back to Psych Up Live. We're speaking with the co-founders of Narrative 4, Colin McCann and Lisa Consiglio. Colm, um, let's start with you. I was going to ask each of you, in all this work and all the lives that you've touched and all the stories that you've heard, has there been something that's been particularly poignant or meaningful for you in the program of Story Exchange? There have been many, many, many moments. Um, in fact, I, 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 I hope it wouldn't sound twee for me to say that virtually every story I hear uh, shakes me and changes me. Um, and, 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 um, you know, so I, and, and I never think of it as a sort of uh, Olympics of um, storytelling. That nobody mm-hmm. gets the gold. Nobody gets the silver or the bronze. You don't have to outstory uh, one another. And that, this is the great thing about sitting down and looking somebody in the eye. Um, you know, it can be a local story or it can be a, a, a universal story. It doesn't matter. They all have power. But for me personally, um, I, I had an incident that happened to me uh, in. Uh, in New Haven when we um, had a, 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 a conference, actually, from Narrative 4, and um, I ended up in, in hospital. It was a long, um, uh, complicated uh, situation. But I got the chance personally to tell that story um, afterwards uh, in a Narrative 4 setting, and it was very cathartic for me because um, I had I had been quite down about the about the incident. I spent a lot of time in in hospital uh, and so on. And for me to get a chance to actually come back and to talk uh, through this story to somebody else who made it theirs, it sort of lessened uh, the difficulty that I was that, that I was having with the moment and allowed me to share it with someone else, but also gave me the power. Of, 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 of catharsis in the fact that I, you know, I could own 
own my own story. So for me personally, that was a, 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 a pretty profound moment. But I see it every single day in schools and in communities when people like try to understand what it means to be somebody else that changes them. You know, uh, it's it's such a great example when you talk about narrative healing and, and some of, in in South Africa. One of the the writers said, you know, it's one thing to tell the story, but to really have an empathic exchange, you have to know the other is listening very very closely. And with your program and this technique, clearly, other person is listening because they then embody your story and tell it. So I'm loving that you're sharing such a great example of something that was stressful to you, but then you heard it in embodied and told by someone else who was listening to you. Exactly. That's exactly yeah, really, the way it works. Really, really nice. How about you, Lisa, in all of these travels globally and all these people who you've touched? Is there something in particular that has stuck with you? Oh, um, you know, I, well, first of all, I appreciate everything that you were just saying about listening. Um, Colm has a great quote uh, that says, we come alive in other people's bodies. And I feel like every time I witness an exchange, and I'm a facilitator, every once in a while I will exchange stories, but generally my job is to listen and to li- watch people listening. You know, it's amazing and fascinating to see the cell phones go off. They don't, nobody, they're, people are so tuned in. It's the eye contact. They literally are shaking, as you saw on the, on the documentary, when they're telling another person's story. And for me, I suppose the lead up to the, the, the answer to that question is just simply that every time I hear a story, I absorb it. And I think that my life has become so much more, it's, it's so much richer because of it, because I feel as though, Sometimes I just sort of smile when I'm listening to to these groups tell exchange stories. Because I think, not 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 in every not perfectly, but I've heard this before, and it's become a part of my of my soul. And I feel like my life, I feel like I have all these narratives woven into me that makes mm-hmm. me stronger in times of my own conflict or or sadness or just not knowing what to do. I can think of one of a thousand stories that that helps me kind of to or a person a face. Um, and, and I, I, yeah, I guess it's more of a t- tapestry kind of a thing that's woven into my soul. Well, you're really talking about how people's stories expand us. If we let them in, it's lovely. I mean, it's, it's really so powerful what both of you have done and all the people who have worked with you on this and all your sponsors. Let me ask you, because I know listeners are wondering, how would a community find you? How would a school district find you? How would we find your many books column? Um, let's. Why don't we start with you, Lisa? How would our listeners connect with Narrative Four if they thought they really wanted a program? Sure, I invite them, first of all, to log on to Narrative 4, the number 4, narrative4.com. Um, as I mentioned in Explora programs, we are about to cap off a five-year strategic planning process, so there will be some things, exciting things coming to our website and, and in terms of branding and other programs. Um, actually, we'll be introducing some models that we've been piloting in various communities, uh, school districts and so on, that I think people will find interesting if they want to uh, dive a little further in the coming months and, and say, yeah, I'd like to bring something like that, that model into my uh, school or my district. 
Um, easily, info at narrative4.com. They can always just email uh, that address, and we will get right back to them. We'll find the, the, the perfect person to, to respond. And um, that would be my short answer, yeah. Great, sure great. How, and, Colm, am I right that you even had a book just come out this April? The uh, yeah, no, Letters a to a Young... Ago. Yeah, congratulations, Letters to a <laughs> Young Writer. Uh, yeah, that's letter- kind of a advice to, 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 to my younger self, which I can, only, <laughs> I can only just about remember my younger self now at this stage. That was a long time ago. <laughs> it sounded great. Letters to a Young Writer, some practical and philosophical advice. It just came out. And how would folks... Find that and your many books. Go down to your local community bookstore, which, uh, <laughs> and they'll, they'll, they'll have one or two or three or maybe all of, of, of my books. But the great thing about the community bookstore is that it is this place of great storytelling. It's, uh, um, you know, and not, not only in the books on the shelves, but the people, the sort of people who go there. And what, I, 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 you know, I'd love to see us all do together is sort of reanimate the idea of community. And so, so community comes through, through storytelling, community comes through literature, but community co- also comes by trying to look at one another and understand one another and understand that we're not as stupid as our political parties seem to want us to be. Uh, we are much more nuanced. Uh, and, and, and that nuance comes not in, in, in uh, facts and figures, but the nuance comes in actually telling somebody else's story, looking at some, someone else's life. Um, and I think if we do that, we'll go a long way to, to repairing some of the, some of the, the difficulties that we're, we're, we're experiencing uh, right now. And I, I suppose a lot of my, my literature is kind of a, about that too, uh, mm. trying to fight for repair in a, in, a, in, a, in a dark world. It's wonderful. It's a wonderful take-home message. I want to thank both of you, Colm and Lisa. Narrative 4, is, as a global storytelling exchange, has touched so many people, but its potential in, as you say, Colm, lighting some lights in what can be at times a dark world is, is really so much so important for for all of us to embrace. I thank you both for your work and for your future missions. Um, Thank you for your time. Thank Thank you you very much. You're very welcome. Thanks to my listeners. Remember, you can hear this and any prior show as a podcast. This show will be a permanent podcast by 7 p.m. tonight, Eastern Time. It'll be on the Voice America website. It'll be also on podcast apps, on your iPhone, on your iTunes, at, at iTunes, on the Voice America podcast app. You both will also have, it'll be on Narrative 4's website. That's, that's a place it can also be. So be sure to pass on the information about it and listen in. Drop me a comment or a question at radiohostphillips at gmail.com. But mostly, until next week, please take care, thank you, and be listening. Thank you for tuning in to Psych Up Live. Please join Dr. Suzanne Phillips for another edition of our programming next Thursday at 11 a.m. Pacific Time, 2 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. We'll talk more next week.
Thanks again for listening to the preceding program brought to you on the Voice America Variety Channel. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericavariety.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the preceding program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. 